Hello. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Kim. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 13 of the Massive Fans Book Club Podcast. Today we are covering Chapters 47 through 50 of A Court of Wings and Ruin by Sarah J. Mass. We are wrapping up Part 2 of the book today. Woo! I Next know. week. <laughs> I feel like it's been going on forever and it hasn't like we just started it's a weird thing i but know next- i know akawar has been a weird ride like i was thinking about that like i feel like akamath was like very like akatar was very straightforward and then i yes. feel like akamath had a very much like part one part two feel where it was like ooh, like that first like 13 chapters where we were like yes. Talon, and then yes. everything else <laughs> and now this book has felt like three books yeah it really has it really has. So next week, we're going to start part three. And then, you know what, guys? It's just a wild ride to the end. So buckle up and hang Yeah, like, on. can you believe that the beginning, like, sometimes I forget, like, where the book started and ended. Can you believe that this book started back in the spring court? No. It, it does not seem possible at this like, point. doesn't that feel like a million years ago? <laughs> at least. At least a million you are the expert on this, not me. And you may not have an answer. And I'm definitely asking this off the cuff. So my apologies if you're like, Kelsey, what the fuck? <laughs> um, during Akatar, we had a very good grasp on the timeline. And uh-huh. the, begin- the beginning of Akamath, we had a very good grasp on the timeline. Uh, how fucking much, t- I, how fucking long have we been in Akwar? <laughs> Um, because well, all right. So they, so Feyre and Reese were in the cabin in Akamath. So chapter fifty-five in Akamath uh-huh. is Cal- is Mai. Huh. Okay. So we're probably. I'm gonna say end of July, early August. Okay, okay, because how long do we think, like, do we remember? How long was she in the spring court? She was there about two months. So maybe, me, all right, so maybe end of August, early September. Okay. Okay. That probably may, that probably tracks too, because, like, <laughs> spoiler, even though it's not a spoiler because we've said it a hundred times, because the next book is the Christmas special. Right. <laughs> which is supposed to be like a little bit of time but not a lot of time after Agawar. right a couple months okay okay yeah so you're right so this has got to be late 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 august early september yeah we're we're in the okay. well where we are in the book now yeah that's where it is because this book kind of picks up june-ish right end of june early july Right. And then we have to trek our asses. Because then I forget how long... Okay, God, guys, this book has been going on forever. How long were we fucking around in the woods with Lucian trying to get back? Over a week. It was like seven or eight days. Wasn't it like ten days or some bullshit? (laughs) I want to say it was like seven or eight. 
you're right because i think it was 10 days because remember like this happened from like when they were like at the wall with with the freaky ass twins like Mm -hmm. i think it had been 10 days since they like left this like the manor house or whatever right because Mm -hmm. they like traveled Mm -hmm. out for a day or two and then from there she and lucian had to travel all the way to the main court so, so it was like a total of like ten. I want to. I want to say everything went down at at Highburn, right around a little bit before, a little bit after. Uh, no, it happened. So Highburn happened by end of May. She right. ended up in the spring court at the end of May, early June, because right. she was in June. They were at, which happens in the beginning of this book. They were at. Um, they were at uh they they did midsummer at the spring court right so yeah it's august and then and then well but weren't we also in the spring court for summer solstice weren't we well yeah summer solstice is midsummer yeah, yeah. right 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 but i'm just saying like so with the, is that really june yeah i guess that is june that's the end of june uh, yeah right? that's june, june 20 like ish yeah. Somewhere between the 20th and the 23rd of June. Yeah, yeah. So late June and then at least a couple weeks before, like then some time passes before we even get our 10-day trek back or our 7-day trek back or whatever. So yeah, we didn't even make it back to the night court till end of July, right? Mid to end, yeah. Yeah. Dang. So yeah, it's end of August. So now we're like end of August. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Good times. Anyway. Sorry, I just asked because I felt like, well, because like I said, I feel like this book has been so long, but like you said, but so fast all at the same time. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah. Uh, anyway, while we're talking about stuff that we can't believe, I can't exactly. believe. Like, I'm just like, whoa. While we were talking about stuff I cannot believe, I cannot believe that with the help of all of you, we have surpassed 5,000 downloads and listens. Woohoo! <laughs> Yes! <laughs> oh my gosh. We love you guys. Like, when we saw that, we were both like, what? What? We were like, so we were like, We've been in people's ear holes 5,000 times. <laughs> They're poor ear holes. <laughs> so, we want to truly say thank you from the very bottom of our hearts for, for being our fans and listening and following and. Thank you, thank oh my you, god, thank and you, tagging you. us. Uh, some of you have been grabbing us and tagging us on hilarious TikToks you find and it's making yes. my day. <laughs> and some of the memes and some of the Facebook groups are hysterical. Yes. Where people are like, hey, did you guys see this? Yes, I'm obsessed. <laughs> so y'all rock. You all totally rock. And all I have to say is, you know what? Hang on. Because we're going to celebrate one year in April. I know. And we're going to do something super cool. So everybody Which just hold on tight. also why I feel like we've been doing this forever and not at the same time. Because we're coming up on a year, which feels like a long time. But then, like, time is just a construct. And COVID has been wild. So, like, <laughs> is it 2022? Is it 2019? The world may never know. Where did exactly. the last three years go? <laughs> I feel like we all just kind of blinked and went, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, anyway. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so, just, you know, stay tuned. 
when we get to a year, we'll we'll let you guys know much closer. But when we get to our one year anniversary, we're going to do something really cool for all of our fans. Yeah. So hang on and and listen and you know keep keep reaching out and keep talking to us and telling us your thoughts and feelings and everything because we love it. And you know before we get into the episode today, y'all know the drill at this point. I hope. <laughs> this podcast, as you can we've tell, said it five, we've we've said it in five thousand ear holes. <laughs> this podcast is not for little ears. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> between topics and our mouths, it's not for little ears. Um, and as always, you know, we we always encourage you all. Please reach out and and let you know communicate with us and contact us on any and all of our platforms. We will share our socials at the end of the show and in our show notes, as we always do. Yes. So, Kim, okay, Uh, talking about things that have been going on for sort of ever, we are still at the fucking High Lords meeting. (laughs) We have have to sleep here. We've been here so long. (laughs) So, Kim, want to pick up where we left off? (laughs) Sure. So, chapter 47. <laughs> literally it's open. It's so long. <laughs> Buckle up, people, because literally, these, these next four chapters, it's like, by the time you get to the end, you're going to be like, holy crap. If you didn't know already, you will by the end of this. Um, I love how it opens, because literally the first sentence in chapter 47 is, our alliance did not begin well. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me guess why. <laughs> Yeah, right. The left in a huff. <laughs> well, Baron's left in a huff. Mm-hmm. Tamlin was a complete dickhead earlier. Like, gee, I yeah. can't imagine why this alliance isn't going well, right? Yeah, right. So, you know, they they talked for a couple more hours, and of course, nobody is going to give up. Exact. Numbers of troops, exact placement of troops, or anything, especially with Tamlin there. <laughs> Which I'm like, okay, dude. I wow, okay. <laughs> so as things continue to progress, God bless Thiessen. He is such a good host. And uh, you know, being being the wonderful host that he is, he's like, Look, you all are welcome to stay here. Or you can go back to your your homes and come back again tomorrow morning so we can continue. Right, because it's like we forgot these people can fucking winnow. Like, just go home and come back. It'll take 30 seconds. And you know you're dealing with enough high faith there that with enough power, winnowing isn't going to be a problem. Right. So, anyway. uh, But as as soon as that offer to stay the night is issued, resand down the bond, tells Feyre, we're staying. I need to talk to some of the others alone. And apparently, everybody else had the same thoughts because everybody else decided to stay the night too. I Even- swear, it's like we just wanted to, like, I don't know. I feel like we just wanted it to be like that fucking movie clue. <laughs> like, I just want mustard in the study. Yeah. With the wrench. Yeah, they were all just like, I want everybody to stay and be fucking awkward all night. Nobody's getting any sleep. We're just all gonna be making plans and twosies all over the fucking place. Including Tamlin, who stays, which is, can we all just say for everybody, 
awkward. Hey, thank God this place is huge and we don't gotta have roommates or people would be trying to draw straws. <laughs> no bunk beds here. <laughs> no bunk beds here. Um, so everybody gets their their suites of rooms. Um, and you know, of course, Reese and the inner circle all have their own little suite. And of course, Farah goes into her whole detail of how beautiful it is and talking about all the stone and the sunstone and, and read it. It's beautiful. I, I would love to actually see it. The picture I get in my own mind's eye is pretty freaking spectacular. Um, but before they all go back to their rooms, after Tamlin left, <laughs> um, and then Tarquin leaves. Um, because, well, let's face it, Reese basically knows what's going on with Tarquin's army after Adriata. Yeah. Uh, Calias and Helian are left with Resand and Feyre and the Inner Circle. And they're all trying to figure out who's got what. And um, <laughs> Vivian's very funny. Because she's just like, when, in in regard to the whole thing yeah like the whole bit because remember the they all bet and who was fighting who was fight. yeah right who was gonna fight who was gonna fight first and of course reese is like well none of us won <laughs> and asriel being the gentleman that he is actually apologized and says sorry yeah um fuck that whole bit <laughs> like okay well there you go had their money on asriel beating the shit out of everyone oh nobody fuck (laughs) and second should have been on pharah but hey what do we know right (laughs) um vivian is actually the really funny one she's the one who's like well he had it coming eric's is a piece of shit (laughs) i know i love her i just can already tell that i love her Go stand up for your friend, man. You know, you can tell she and more old buddies because she is standing up for her girlfriend. And, of course, she's like, here, apparently Cleus is giving her shit. And she's like, what? He is. I know. Pot kettle, hello. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, then Cleus is like, look, right. But the question now is, is will Baron fight with us? And Moore is the one who says, if all the others are allying, Baron will join. He's too smart to risk siding with Highburn and losing. And I'm sure if things go badly, he'll easily switch over, which is kind of depressing and sad that... Well, yeah. You know. One, she knows him well enough to know that, and two, that that would even be an option. And of course, then Reese is looking at Cleus. He's like, well, how many do you have, troops-wise, and Unfortunately, Amarantha did her job really well because as Cleus's response is, we've got the army that Viv commanded and hid, but not much else. As Reese says, we have sizable forces, mostly Illyrian, and a few thousand Darkbringers will need every soldier who can march. At which point, you know, then they're trying to figure out, of course, the rest of it, and they all decide to go ahead and feel, you know, time to go back to our rooms and get settled for the night. So right, we get a little right. snowflake. And of course, then we, after the snowflake, we get to the whole description of the the suite that they're given mm-hmm. with all the rooms for everybody. So I'm sorry I jumped ahead a little bit. 
Well, yeah, but then, yeah, we just get like a whole dumb, I say dumb, but I only say dumb because I feel like we've had this conversation 37 times where it's like, how come Amarantha didn't destroy this place? Okay, because she couldn't destroy every single place, Feyre. And every High Lord has the ability to save probably one place. Right, and you are seeing it with your eyes. Stop questioning this. Hello, this is why. Yeah. So basically Reese says what 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 you just said. He's like, yeah, he probably shielded it. What he doesn't say is, you dumb bitch. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> that Reese does tell her that, you know, she handled it beautifully, all of it. And she's like, despite my explosion, to which his response is, because of your explosion. And he's like, as he says, I knew you were powerful. I didn't realize you had such an advantage on the other others. I'm not even sure Baron knew until today. Suspected, maybe. But he'll now be wishing he found a way to kill me in the cradle. So I just thought that was kind of interesting. That, you know, Reese basically acknowledges that Favor may have an upper hand on all of them. Well, right, and she acknowledges the same with him, where it's like she knew that he was almighty High Lord, but didn't realize he was like, didn't realize that it was like that either. <laughs> like, yeah. they're both like, hmm, we'd be power couple, though. <laughs> yes. But then the next question comes up, and they're having this whole conversation down the bond, mind you, while they're sitting in the, the sitting room of their suite. Can we say awkward? Could you imagine what everybody else is like? What the hell are those two doing? <laughs> and uh like the fuck and um i don't think you that in the tv show i hope in the tv show sometimes they have like the brain to brain conversation we hear it and we see their eyes and we hear it and we see their eyes but then it like zooms out to like the perspective of like cassie and just standing there being like they're just looking at each other they've been doing that for 20 minutes they're doing it again guys what yeah, the like, hell? I, don't, I don't think they've blinked in 20 minutes. It's so weird. Anyway. So the fa- the question comes from Feyre. Do you really believe Tamlin's claim that he's been working for our side? Reese responds, yes. And perhaps we did him a disservice by not even considering the possibility. Perhaps even I started to think of him as some warrior brute. And Feyre's like, I felt tired in my bones, my breath. Does it change anything, though? And Risa's response to her is, in some ways, yes. In others, no. No, it does not. So now we have some morally gray area that they're going to have to deal with going forward, which I think is kind of interesting that, you know, so I just. I think it's interesting. I'm not, yeah. saying, I'm not saying I'm a huge fan of Tamlin per se. I just think people underestimated him a little. Might be the best way to yeah. put it. Yeah. And Fairy gets up because she's going to go check on Nesta because Nesta's been hiding out in her bedroom. Because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Nesta's such a social person. Not. Yeah. And as she gets ready to go, there's a big bang on the door. And of course, Morgan's like, don't open it. Even with the shield, don't open it. And Reese is like, I know, which I think is interesting. (laughs) 
Well, we know it's not Tamlin, because if it was Tamlin, he'd be yelling already, so. Well, right, which is also, I don't know. I just think, I don't know. I think the whole thing is odd to me, but whatever. To which Reese is like, wise, but unnecessary, because who's standing there? But Helion. Helion! also, like, I don't understand what, I don't know. The whole thing doesn't make any sense to me. I really have a hard time believing that Feyre would just be like, just gonna wing open the door right now. But I also feel like more. Don't, did you like forget that Reese can basically use his little tentacle thinky brain to like go check who's on the other side of the door? (laughs) Well, exactly. Did you forget? I think so. I think everything really kind of rocked her today i'll be honest it was kind of bad so who knows so anyway but it's helian and it's not the dickhead helian that we all saw in the (laughs) meeting no this is the real helian (laughs) who we all come to find out is actually friends with reese (laughs) right like basically the only friend reese probably like knew he had coming in today true honest to god friend because the whole thing starts off with this banter and he's like so how did so helian asks reese how did you convince Thiessen to give you the better view to which reese responds well he finds my males to be prettier than yours right (laughs) and helian's like i think it's a wing fetish (laughs) and you know Reese explains to Helian, you know, hey, my mate suggested it would be in our favor to appear as we truly are. And of course, then then Helian's like, look, now I look as bad as Baron. I love that. Sorry, dude. Ego check. What can I say? Yes, should have touched base with Reese to see how he was going to play it. What you can I tell you? You were supposed to text each other and see what you were supposed to wear. <laughs> yeah, I forgot to do that. We were Don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Something tells me Kalias forgot to give Vivian Moore's new number because otherwise I think Moore <laughs> and Vivian would have had many conversations prior to this, you know? Also that, yeah, exactly. I feel like I have a lot of questions about this. I guess so. I guess I'm confused. So is there not a High Lords group chat? We do not have email. Apparently. <laughs> like- Instagram, no, no insta, <laughs> no nothing, man. I'm like, dude, really, y'all, y'all need some help here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have running water, but we don't have much else anyway. <laughs> Pretty much, we're lacking the Wi-Fi's. <laughs> We've got magic, but we don't have Wi-Fi. I mean, like, okay, <laughs> I don't get it. I thought Wi-Fi was magic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is, but that's a whole different story. (laughs) Definitely 5G is. What is that fuckery? (laughs) And if you cut your vaccine, we should all be picking up our 5G boost now. (laughs) No, I'm still waiting on it. It still hasn't kicked in yet. I feel cheated. Anyway. Oh my anyway, god. Anyway, sorry. I'm sorry for being catty, y'all. So if I if I offended, I do oh, apologize. Eh, eh, wouldn't worry too much. I I they've made it to season three, episode thirteen. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, 
I, I have no problem. If, if you know me on Facebook, y'all saw my post when I got it. And I'm like, yeah, now I'm waiting on my 5G. So <laughs> I've been joking around about this for a while. So it's not, not going to come as a shock to any of my friends. I assure you. Oh, man. Uh, what were we talking about? Uh... So Helian comes into the sitting room and sits right. down. And Feyre decides instead of going to check on Nesta, she's going to sit down and join and be a hostess. And healing immediately starts coming on to as and more and Cass. And Everybody. he's like, it's been what, four centuries now and you three still haven't accepted my offer. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's an interesting way to open that statement. So we know which way Helion swings. Which is both. Yeah. And uh, Moore's like, well, I don't like to share. And of course, Helian's response to her is, you never know till you try. Of course, Fair is like blinking, looking at Reese, going, the three of them in bed with him. <laughs> and Reese is like, Helian likes both males and females, usually together. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. So, you know, we've talked about this briefly before in other episodes. Sexuality is a little fluid in the stories, and I would say this is definitely a real interesting um foray into uh the LGBTQIA plus world. Yeah. Just my own two thoughts. And of course, I like Favor's response because she's considering Helian. She looks at him. She turns around. She looks at Reese and down the bond says, well, why the hell haven't they said yes? Which is still a better response than if you are reading, uh, 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 if you read Blood and Ash and you got to book three and, and basically Poppy has the same question. But instead of asking like, oh, why haven't these people slept together? Her question is, How? Like, explain to me the mechanics of how. So, I mean, at least Feyre's like, I was able to put those together on my own. <laughs> yes. So, anyway, it leads to a really kind of racy little chat between Feyre and Reese. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's finally like, I'm, I, you know, here we go, you know. So, everybody kind of calms down a little bit because more is kind of like, look. If y'all are going to be like this, y'all need to go find a bedroom because I don't want to smell you too. <laughs> right. The hormones are getting to all of us. So sorry. Right. And then Cassian turns to Helian and they actually start getting down to business. And Cassian puts on his general's hat and he's like, you know, are your forces ready? And immediately Helian's like, yes, they will rendezvous with yours in the Myrmidians, which is a mountain range that they shared on their border. Mm-hmm. He had refused to divulge such information uh, earlier and then says, regardless of what you think Tamlin's up to, the spring court is now mostly occupied. Baron has to realize his court will be a battleground if he doesn't join us to push southward, especially if Summer has joined us, meaning the spring court and human lands would see the brunt of the battles. And Helian, you know, more starts is like, but will Baron think that way? You know, is he going to see reason? And Helian's like, look, he played games in the war and it cost him dearly. His people still remember those choices, those losses, his own damn wife remembers. 
she realizes as he's staring her down basically that his muscled body was only a mask to hide that cunning mind beneath and then she goes i wonder if reese had picked that up from him so helian goes into storytelling mode so we have story time with uh high lord helian here you know we get story time with papa az earlier now we have story time with high lord helian everyone pull up your your pillow and your spot on the sofa and let's go and so he goes into the story and he's like the high the the lady of the autumn ports two older sisters were indeed butchered tormented then butchered during the war highburn's forces had swarmed our lands by that point and helian's jaw clenched he says the lady of the autumn court was sent to stay with her sisters her younger children packed off to other relatives to spread out the bloodline highburn attacked their estate her sisters bought her time to run not because she was married to baron but because they loved each other so fiercely she tried to stay but they convinced her to go so she did she ran and ran but highburn's beasts were still faster stronger they cornered her to ravine where she became trapped atop a ledge the beasts snapping at her feet and pharaoh just looks at him and she goes you saved her you found her didn't you and helian's response is i did i'm sorry i'm gonna try to hold okay. that in. <coughs> there now you can edit all that out sorry it's fine so, you know, and, and, and it just, it's interesting. And we find out that Helion tore these, these creatures apart with his bare hands, kind of like Reese did with the two ravens yeah, in the library. Yeah. Helion doesn't go into a whole lot of detail about his why, even the favorite asks. And he goes, she was still young, though she'd been married to that delightful male for nearly two decades. Married too young, the marriage arranged when she was 20. And Moore's like, I heard a rumor once, Helian, that she waited before agreeing to that marriage for a certain someone who had met her by chance at an equinox ball the year before. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And then Helian's response is, it's interesting, I heard her family wanted internal ties to power and that they didn't give her a choice before they sold her to Baron. Ew. <laughs> so there's some yeah. interesting politics going on. But in this process... Farrah starts putting things together because she won. She asks, "Does Baron right. know you saved his wife?" To which Helian's like, "Uh, no." Right. He's like, "What fucking planet are you from?" <laughs> At which point, then Farrah puts together that Helian and the Lady of the Autumn Court had an affair—a rather torrid one. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Like the leap is kind of huge, in my opinion. <laughs> but... It isn't, it isn't though, because if you listen to what he says and the way he says it, because I'm not, I didn't give you guys all the information, but the information sure. that is given is. It's very detailed. It's very detailed. And the body language and the responses and the way the responses are given is okay. very telling. And I guess I want to say that it's a huge leap, not because it's a huge leap if you like put your thinking cap on, but it's a huge leap for a woman who couldn't figure out that Reese was her fucking mate for all book. Hello? I mean, the man could have worn a sign around his neck and she'd have missed it. So I'm supposed to... And flashing lights. You know, right. Yeah, so I'm, I'm supposed to believe that a few months later she can pick up on secret bad signals from Elon. IDK. IDK. 
but whatever. It's interesting, yeah. So they're having they had an affair back in Yi Day. Yes. Well, come to find out, Healing does admit to the affair going on off and on for decades. Right. Until Baron so. found out. And then they say they say the lady is as Healing says is after Baron found out, they say the lady was all brightness and smiles before that. After Baron was through with her, you saw what she is. So you have to wonder what the hell Baron did to his poor wife. Yes, she was sleeping around on him, but how much y'all want to bet he was sleeping around on her? Well, right. Because of the misogynistic asshole that he is. I mean, let's face right. it. Right. And Faber's just like, what did he do to her? And Helian answers the same things he does now. Belittle her, leave bruises where no one but him will see them. And of course, then Favor's like, Favor stops thinking, and she's like, well, if you were her lover, why didn't you stop it? Um, um, she's married to a high lord. Um, yeah. Unlike Favor, who wasn't actually married to Tamlin yet, she's married to this guy. Right. Like, does, did she already forget about the political, like, brouhaha of, like, no, more has to go get her and more has to physically carry her over the border. And, blah, 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 and if the wind is blowing on a Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, like, there are rules, people. Remember? Yeah, I feel like she forgot. So, yeah, Favor doesn't think about it too much. But anyway, Healing keeps talking and they're all talking about other things and. Dara starts noodling on all of this information because she's like, wait yeah. a minute. <laughs> if it had ended centuries ago, she'd never seen him again, had let Baron treat her so abominably, dot, dot, dot. And then whatever, and Reese is funny, he goes, all right, whatever you've just figured out, you better stop looking so shocked by it. And Feyre decides to, to play along, so to speak, and she looks at everybody and she says, out loud she goes you high lords really do love your melodrama don't you because you know god forbid we're boring right right and then they start talking about how to repair the wall and this that and the other so while this conversation is now going on about the wall and what bear what helian may or may not have seen and found in his libraries or seen in his libraries or information in the libraries pharaoh tells reese down the bond helian is lucian's father at which Reese's response is holy burning hell and if we don't name this episode Lucian I am your father and here's here's Farrah's rationale for how she figured out Lucian's Helian son okay look at him the nose is the same the smile the voice even Lucian's skin is darker than his brother's a golden brown compared compared to their pale coloring. It would explain why his brothers and father detest him so much, why they have tormented him his entire life, and why Eris doesn't want him dead. He wasn't a threat to Eris's power or his throne. Helian has no idea, does he? To which Reese answers, mm, it would seem not. <laughs> <laughs> and now you have to think now this is probably also why Lucian is Lady of the Autumn Court's favorite child right because right. he is he is the love child 
of the union she desperately really wanted. Right. And then Feyre keeps going on, and she's like, Baron must have discovered the affair when she was pregnant with Lucian. He likely suspected, but there was no way to prove it, not if she was sharing his bed, too. And Reese was like, I have no doubt Baron debated killing her for the betrayal and even afterward, when Lucian could be passable as his own offspring, just enough to make him doubt who had sired his last son. And of course, then Baron was like, but Lucian's power is flame, and that they mused that Baron's title could go to him. And Reese responds, her mother's family is strong, or his mother's family is strong, and that was why Baron wanted a bride from their line. The gift could be hers. And Feyre's like, but you never suspe- suspected. And Reese is like, not once. I'm mortified I didn't even consider it. And the question is, well, what does this mean? And Reese answers, nothing, ultimately nothing, other than the fact that Lucian might be Helian's sole heir, which changes absolutely nothing. So all of this is going on and I, you know, I can only imagine the conversation that, that Helian is having with Cassian right. and Azrael and more while Reese and Feyre are doing their thing down the pond about all of this. Right. right. I can't wait to see that on TV. And suddenly a door opens into the foyer and Nesta appears. Uh-huh. And Helian literally stops himself cold and he is just checking Nesta out now I'm surprised Cassian isn't like beating the ever-living shit out of him for it but whatever I know I really I really give the boys a lot of credit because I feel like we learned that like a lot of like fey dudes can't can't handle competition (laughs) But I feel like these ones are pretty chill. Yeah, considering. Yeah. And of course, she surveys Helian looking down her nose at him, which is really kind of funny. I know. And so he goes to introduce himself, saying, We weren't introduced properly. I'm, to which Nesta's response to him is, I don't care. And she looks at Feyre and says, I want a word now. Okay, Nesta, that takes balls to tell one of the seven high lords of Prithian you don't care who he is. Man yeah, could well. snap his fingers and kill you. But okay. Yeah, well. What you gonna course, do? Cassian's desperately trying not to laugh. Yeah, because like probably nobody ever talks to Helian like this. <laughs> exactly. And of course, Sarah goes running after Nesta and they go into Nesta's room. And she's like, well, what's going on? And Nesta just is like, we've got to leave. Something's wrong. We need to leave right now. Something just feels wrong. And Feyre's like, but Reese and the others would sense it. They would know you're probably just picking up on all the power gathered here. And Nesta keeps going, no, something is wrong. Emphasis on wrong. Right. And Feyre's, and Nesta finally looks at her because Feyre keeps going, but the others, and Nesta's like, I'm not like the others. We need to leave. Period. Right. And the next thing we know, Cassian has come barging into the room and he's like, what's wrong? And Feyre's like, she is sensing something is off. We need to leave right away. 
And Cassian just looks at her and he's like, what precisely feels wrong? And, Fa- and Nesta is like, it feels like there's this, this dread, this sense that I forgot something and I can't remember what. Cassian is like, I'll tell Reese and he takes off. And immediately after that, Reese, Cassian, and Azrael vanish, leaving Morn Helian in alert silence. Fares are waiting with Nesta. Five, ten, fifteen minutes have passed. Thirty. They've all returned. Nothing. They have nothing. Nothing is wrong. They can't find anything. They can't sense anything. They checked. They checked in in Valaris, Amarin. Nothing. Elaine is good. Nobody thought Nesta had made it up. Because nobody really knows what her power is. But, you know, they just couldn't figure it out. Um, So they went ahead and moved on and they go to have dinner and Helian joins them. Uh, No sign of Tarquin, no sign of Thesan, and certainly not Tamlin. Uh, Eventually, Cleus and Vivian join them as well. And Helian keeps flirting with more the whole night. And as they keep going, it's finally time to go to bed and more and Helian are knee to knee nose to nose on the sofa and Farah and Reese go to bed because they're like that's it we're going to our room we're right. going to sleep by night we're tired and Cassian and Azriel just take off <laughs> which like fair can't say I blame them yeah they're like we gotta do what we gotta do and so Feyre and Reese, you know, get into bed and of course then Feyre's like, I love this you guys. She's like, I don't think I can have sex because Tamlin's here. Which like bitch, nobody was asking. (laughs) (laughs) You were not invited to the threesome. (laughs) (laughs) Hello? Yeah. She's so awkward. I love her, though. She's so awkward. And, of course, she she does bring up the whole thing between Moore and Asriel, and now Moore and Helion, and the awkwardness, and why is Moore flirting around with Helion? And Reese is like, you know what? I don't know. I don't care. Not my problem. Not my circus. Not my monkeys. Basically, (laughs) Basically. Basically. And so they cuddle up, and they just do their thing. And, you know, they're still talking. And then they suddenly start talking about Cassian. And Reese's response is, in in regard to all of this nonsense, is Cassian's going to have to decide some things, too, in the near future, I think. To which Feyre asks, are he and Nesta? And Reese is like, I don't know. Until the bond snaps into place, it can be hard to detect. Which is, like, sort of a cop-out answer, because I feel like the answer is like, hmm it can be hard to detect in this situation it's not because we are sitting here talking about it if it's not obvious i'm going to say that the answer is yes i know right like that was basically a cop out for yes in fairness though it's like you and i have talked about this whole bond quote-unquote snappage doesn't make any damn sense because it doesn't because how can it it's like it can snap one-sided and that doesn't really make any sense yeah I agree. So I I don't get it. Yeah, the whole concept makes no damn sense, but whatever. 
And then, of course, Reese is like, you know, they get back to Tamlin and he's like, you know, Tamlin still loves you. And, you know, they agree it was a very ugly encounter and with everything. And it, you know, they, 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 they have the little cutesy moment and all. And, you know, they, again, Pharaoh's like, no sex, but they, they decide to cuddle and talk instead. So they did. She does tell Reese, though in this little moment of intimate cuddling on the bed that when she was at the spring court, she did look for his mom and his sister's wings and did not find them. And that, that according to Tamlin, he burned them long ago to which Reese is like, thank you for looking and thank you for telling me. It's like a weird time to bring it up, but it is. Also, Kim and I have talked about this at length. My new favorite thing I have ever read as a fan theory is that uh, there are people on Facebook and on TikTok talking about the fan theory that Tamlin lied and never burned the wings and that they're hidden in his room. Because we've never seen his room. We have no idea what the inside of his room at the manor house looks like. Yes. So some people speculate that he's hidden them in his bedroom and that is just... Uh, such a wild thing to think about. <laughs> Boy, would that change a lot of tone on things, wouldn't it? Right? Okay, anyway, I'm sorry, carry on. <laughs> so anyway, they continue, they, they continue their canoodling and finally fall asleep, and that's the uh, end of chapter 47. Plah. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Anyway. <clears throat> chapter 48. We're still at the fucking High Lords meeting. <laughs> We're still in the High Lords meeting. We're still in the suite. It's the next morning, and Feyre acknowledges that, well, Helion had somehow slipped out of Moore's room uh, before they all woke up, even though apparently they were loud enough that Reese finally had to put a shield around their room to drown them out. I'm like, oh my god. Okay. And apparently Moore doesn't look like she spent the night having rapturously wonderful orgasmic sex. Um, She's she's kind of like pale and listless and meh. And of course, Cassian comes in and he starts picking at her and she throws her food at him. You know, like breakfast. you do. Yeah, because breakfast starts with a food fight. Um, Nesta hasn't come out yet. And Cassian's like, you know, how's, how's Nesta? And she's like, fine. Still worried. And then... Everybody's like, so are you still ready for another day full of arguing and plotting? <laughs> right. And more in favor were like, yay, not. not right. Well. Um, but, you know, it is whatever it is. And so they get ready. <sighs> they finish breakfast, they get dressed, and they go. However, I, I, I had to, to highlight this because it's, it's, remember, costumes and clothing are so important. <laughs> I highlighted it because I knew you would too. Bear with me. But Gary makes a big deal about this and it actually makes sense because yesterday, remember, they came as themselves. She was wearing that beautiful gown from Starfall where she is like, you know, all starlight. And as she says for today, I kept the crown from yesterday, but swapped my Starfall gown for one of glittering black. The dress made up of solid ebony silk overlaid with shimmering obsidian gossamer. Its skirts flowed behind me, the tight sleeves tapered to points that brushed the center of my hand 
looped into place around my middle finger with an attached onyx ring. If I was a fallen star yesterday, today, Reese's mysterious clothier had made me into the queen of the night. The rest of my companions had dressed accordingly. Yesterday, we had been ourselves, open and friendly and caring. Today, we showed the other courts what we'd unleash upon our enemies, what we were capable of if provoked. Healing is back to being healing, just a different pretty colored toga. But um, everybody's kind of back to themselves from yesterday. And of course, the only real change is in the attitude that you're seeing coming out of the night court. Thiessen apparently is the only person who actually bothers to say good morning when they enter. <laughs> Poor Thiessen, just trying to be the host. The host with mostest. Of course, the last one to arrive yet again was Tamlin. And this time, Healy doesn't wait for anyone to start the meeting. He just kicks it off. And he's like, so I've thoroughly reviewed your charts and figures you've compiled, Tamlin. And Tamlin's like, and? And Healy goes, well, if you can rally your forces quickly, you and Tarquin might be able to hold the front line long enough for those of us above the middle to bring the larger hosts. And Tamlin's like, look, it's not that easy. I have a third of them left after Feyre destroyed their faith in me. Oops. Poor Feyre. Poor Feyre. Because she acknowledges that in, in her rage, she had maybe not thought far enough ahead that they might need Tamlin's army. Yeah. I mean, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Oopsie. However, all of a sudden... Nesta, poor Nesta. Because remember, last night Nesta's like something's wrong. She gets up, she surges up from her chair, favors lunging for her, and then more goes for her. And the next thing we know, she's stumbling towards the reflecting pool. Because remember, there isn't a table; they're all sitting around this reflecting pool full of fish and all. And more's trying to figure out what's going on. Nesta looks like she's in pain and agony and she's all contorted and she's sweating and she's like she's super pale and and she's like something and then she starts groaning and all of a sudden she quite literally starts throwing up and of course that freaks out all the other high lords they're like poison and you know this that and the other and of course Helion and Thiessen go striding forward Healing's power is flicking around him like blindingly bright fireflies. I like how it's described as bright fireflies. I don't know why, but at the moment it's like the funniest description. I'm like, I know. It's right up there with the glow worms. Yes. Fireflies. Um, But both Thiessen and Helion are trying to, you know, check her out using their magic, their, you know, the spell, his spell cleaving magic, and and Thiessen is using his healing magic to try to heal her in case something was wrong. And they're both like, at the same time, absolutely nothing. Nothing. They, they, They have nothing. They can't come up with anything. They don't know why she's doing this. And she just, Nestor is looking at all of them and she's like, something is wrong. And then she's like, not with me not with me, and all of a sudden Farrah goes, with the cauldron, in her head. So her inner monologue kicks in and she's like, oh crap, there's something wrong with the cauldron. And Azrael and Cass 
had been talking with Reese down the bottom because he had said something to them, and they were getting ready to take off, and all of a sudden, Nesta moans, getting ready to vomit again, and then, as Farrah says, then we felt it, a shuddering through the earth, through air and stone and green growing things, as if some great god blew a breath across the land, and then the impact came. Reese threw himself over me so fast, I didn't register wholly that the mountain itself shook, that the building swayed. We hit the stones as debris rained, and I felt him readying to winnow. Then it stopped. Oi! Screaming rose up in the valley below, but silence reigned in the palace amongst us. Nesta vomited again. And more just kind of let her go down to the floor this time. Healing's like, what the hell? And Reese has pulled his body off of Farah, And his face is just drained of color. And he is staring southward. Far, far southward. And Farah feels his magic spear away from him. Like a shooting star across the land, as it says in here. And when he looks back at all of them, his eyes went right to Farah. There was fear in them, the sorrow and fear that made my mouth go wholly dry, that made my blood run cold. Re swallowed once, twice, then he declared hoarsely, the king of Hybern just used the cauldron to attack the wall. Murmuring and gasps from everybody else in the room, and then Reese is like, the wall is gone, shattered across Prithian and on the continent. We were too late, too slow. Hybern just destroyed the wall. And that that's the end of chapter 48. I repeat big oi. Okay, so chapter 49. We basically established for fact what we already were like assuming last chapter, which is Nesta be puking because she got that direct line to the cauldron. <laughs> and uh, as if we couldn't figure these things out on our own or like we hadn't already assumed, Favorite kind of lays out what this means for like the bigger picture, i.e. it's why the Ravens hunted Nesta, not only because of her powers, but because she was part power bitch, part warning bell. <laughs> so, you know, they were kind of like, we got to snuff this out. Pretty much. Yeah. Pharaoh also fills us in on what we didn't see in the last few minutes at the High Lord's meeting, which is basically Thesan screaming, you get Fabane Antidote, and you get Fabane Antidote. We all get Fabane Antidote. (laughs) (laughs) And and none for Gretchen Wieners. (laughs) Or Baron. (laughs) You like my Mean Girls reference? Yes, it's in the burn book. They aren't allowed. <laughs> so everybody get Faye Bane except Gretchen Wieners. <laughs> but anyway, in all seriousness, it's all seriousness because things have, you know, gotten serious. These and promises everyone the Faye Bane shipments in like two days and eight of the Peregrine armies in conjunction with the Illyrians. So we got a whole lot of, you know, flying peeps. And uh, Kalias and Helium both agree to send their ground armies towards the border. And Tamlin doesn't want to commit to doing anything before disappearing because he's basically just silently screaming, well, what do you, what army do I have left, Pharaoh? You know, so he's basically pulling the thanks, Obama. Um, <laughs> well, the question is, is he? Yeah, I, mm, yeah. 
Anyway. I'm, so, yeah. I'm sorry. You don't have that happen and, and get that quiet. Something tells me it's just the way he was reacting to all of it. He was too cool. He was too calm. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole nother like can of worms. But uh, on that note, Tarquin did try to offer safe harbor for Tamlin's people, but Tamlin just ignored him. And okay. I stand by what, a, like, I stand by my whole statement about, like, what a crappy High Lord is Tamlin. <laughs> because, like, Tarquin literally cares more about the Supreme Court folk than Tamlin seems to. So, like, yeah. good lord. Well, how Favor cared more about him than Tamlin did. Well, right. But anyways, everyone says goodbye, and Vivian and Moore and Favor all hug, which, like, will be cute for TV. And yeah. <laughs> Helian winks at literally everyone, which, like, also might be cute. <laughs> um, but the cutest of all is Varian, because Varian takes a moment to talk to Favor and Reese before they leave, asking them if they'll uh, tell her, and by her, they, he means Amarin, thank you. And then he says, tell her... I'll tell her myself the next time I see her. And Feyre thinks it seems more like a more like a promise that Varian would see Amron again, war or no, which is cute. It is makes you wonder what's every- going on there too. Hmm? I know, right? And uh, then everyone's outy. And as they head out of there and get back to the townhouse, Feyre is feeling a little guilty. She's feeling like she should have insisted that if Amron was so sure that Nesta didn't need to train anymore, they should have just gone straight to the wall instead of letting her come to the Hylers meeting. And like, <clears throat> shoulda, coulda, woulda, but you know, Nesta is also feeling guilty. She points right. out that they should have evacuated the humans months ago and that they right. shouldn't have assumed that they'd find a solution, which like honestly is like, I think like, a little less possible. Like, I know you wanted to evacuate them, but, like, even if you had tried, they probably weren't going to listen. So, basically, everyone is feeling like shit and sitting around the table, barely picking at their lunch. Uh, Elaine included. She's been filled in by Amron, apparently. And Reese is feeling awful, like everyone. So, he looks at Nesta and, like, I don't know, they just kind of have, they have an interesting conversation. So, I'm just, I'm, I'm I'm gonna read. It's very strange, yeah. Yeah. Reese was saying to Nesta, we can go to your estate tonight, evacuate your household, and bring them back here. They will not come. Then they will likely die. Nesta straightened her fork and knife beside her plate. Can't you spirit them away somewhere south, far from here? That many people? Not without first finding a safe place, which would take time we don't have, Reese considered. If we get a ship, they can sail. They will demand their families and friends come. A beat of silence, not an option. Then Elaine said quietly, we could move them to Grayson's estate. Hmm. So everyone's just like, hmm. Bling, bling. Throw down that gauntlet, why don't you, Elaine? Yeah. So Elaine, go, like, this is like more than Elaine has spoken in like two books. Like, <laughs> oh my. Elaine goes on to explain that Grayson's father is basically a survivalist nut and he's been doomsday prepping for something like this since forever. So he's got supplies and defenses and a whole grove of ash trees at their disposal. Well, there you go. (laughs) Everyone's like, well, and Cassian points out that like a castle or whatever is great and all, but like a wall isn't going to do much for any fairies who like possess magic. And Elaine basically is like, nope, they got a plan for that too. They got escape tunnels. And Cassian's like, okay, then that sounds nice. We could also ask some Illyrians to help guard the place. And Elaine's like, yo, dude, what part of this family 
is anti fay are you not getting? <laughs> right. And she explains explains that these people literally have trained dogs to sniff out fay So like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you can't kind of sneak up on them. They're gonna smell ya. Right. Yeah. And so then, yeah. So now, yeah. So then Elaine, in totally un-Elaine fashion, basically says that she'll talk to Grayson. She's like, if if you and they, and she's looking at Reese and everybody else, come with me, your face sense might distract the dogs. Your fae too, Nesta reminded her. Glamour me, Elaine said to Reese. Make me look human just long enough to convince him to open his gates and those keeping seeking sanctuary. Perhaps even let you say, set the wards around the estate. And with our sense to confuse the hounds, Fay was thinking, this could end very badly, Elaine. She brushed her thumb over the iron and diamond engagement ring. It's already ended badly. Now it's just a matter of deciding how we meet the consequences. Wisely said, Moore offered, smiling softly at Elaine. So, like, basically, Elaine's like, bitch, I got nothing to lose. <laughs> like, I already done lost. Yeah, exactly. I already done lost it all, so we got nothing to lose. We might as well ask. Um, and basically, it's kind of interesting because Moore is, like, the one to be like, yeah, you go, Elaine. Let's try it. Why not? So, now with all that figured out, Cassian tells Reese that they need to go to the Illyrians and Reese needs to do a quick kumbaya speech to get everyone together. And <laughs> I'm just gonna say, <laughs> I'm laughing because uh, I made this note and I've been thinking about it for like two days. <laughs> Reese goes full Fred. Okay, gang, we can all go do what we gotta do and meet back here in an hour to head to the human lands. I'll go with Daphne and you and Velma make sure that Scoob doesn't change his mind about talking to Grayson. <laughs> Feed him too many Scooby snacks, okay? Feed Shaggy. <laughs> Lay off the Scooby Snacks. I swear. I, I, and I said it because when I was reading it, I felt like Cassian basically was like, okay, so Reese, we need to go do the thing. And I feel like Reese then literally just like repeated what Cassian already said. And I was like, isn't that basically what Fred does all the time? <laughs> like, Fred's always like, yes, I agree with everything that Velma said, but now I need to say it because I am a man. <laughs> and then I'm going to tell everybody else what to do. And it's like, bitch, you just said that. <laughs> but anyways, uh, the boys and more, I guess, kind of like step aside to give the sisters some space. And Nesta and Feyre are like, silence, silence, three, two, one. Are you sure? And Elaine's response is hilarious, even though I'm sure, like she said, it's dead serious. She looks at Fair and says, he doesn't know you. And then looks at Nesta and says, and he hates you. <laughs> well, already then. Good to, it's good to know that the feeling is perfectly mutual on both sides, right? Well, exactly. And Favor kind of takes a beat to think like, too bad he ain't gonna be our brother-in-law. He sounds so delightful. <laughs> oh, shucky poo. <laughs> But then Feyre kind of takes a beat and, and she levels with Elaine and she points out that, like, fine, if this is what she wants to do, cool. But if things go south, Feyre will have to go all power blast on the room. And Elaine says that she understands, but then begs Feyre to promise not to hurt Grayson, like, no matter what. And I just feel like that seems like a wild request. <laughs> um... 
Yeah, and Fair's like, I can't promise that, but she, you know, like, agrees to, like, do her best, and then Elaine leaves to get ready. And Nesta is looking worse for wear, and Feyre tries to assure her that the wall coming down isn't her fault, and no one could have asked her to, like, predict it or stop it. And Nesta's just like, well, what am I supposed to do now? Well, not only that, but right before they have that little tut-tut-tut, Elaine goes off to change, and Nesta offers to go help her. And Elaine says no. Nuala and Caridwin can help me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You and I have talked offline about how I actually don't think that Nesta and Elaine's relationship is what Nesta thinks it is. Exactly. But, yeah. So, that is interesting. But, basically, then, like I said, Nesta's kind of like, well, what am I supposed to do now? And essentially, Feyre all of a sudden thinks in her head, and she says, a purpose, I realized. Assigning her the task of finding a way to repair the holes in the wall. It had given my sister what perhaps our human lives never had granted her, a bearing. You come with us to Grayson's estate and then travel with the army. If you're connected with the cauldron, then we'll need you close. Need you to tell us if it's being wielded again. Not quite a mission, but Nesta not at all the same. And, uh, so yeah. Uh, Cassian, always trying to lighten the mood, <laughs> he looks Nesta over and points out that, uh, dresses aren't ideal for flying, and Nesta doesn't respond, which is, like, kind of out of the ordinary, so he calls her out on it, and is, all she says is, I've never worn pants. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I just- No time like the present? Yeah. Mm, yeah i could go i guess the reason i'm having a hard time is I, I could go off on like a whole like tangent about like i like i feel like there's some sort of weird like feminist thing going on there where it's kind of like i've never worn pants i could wear pants but i didn't want to wear pants and now i guess i'm gonna have to wear pants <laughs> like i don't know <laughs> i just feel like there's a whole thing going on in her head behind the i've never worn pants <laughs> but anyway um it's kind of cute i've got to be honest i'm like living for everything that cassian and nesta talk about um so i'm gonna read it i could have sworn concern flashed across cassian's features but he brushed it aside and drawled i have no doubt you'd start a riot if you did oh wear pants he means <laughs> no reaction at the cauldron cassian stepped in nesta's path when she tried to walk past him but a tan calloused hand over her forehead she shook off the touch, but he gripped her wrist, forcing her to meet his stare. Any one of those human pricks makes a move to hurt you, he breathed, and you kill them. He wouldn't be coming. No, he'd be mustering the full might of the Illyrian legions. Azriel would be joining us, though. Cassian pressed one of his knives into Nesta's hand. Ash can kill you now, he said with lethal quiet as she stared down at the blade. A scratch can make you queasy enough to be vulnerable. Remember where the exits are in every room, every fence and courtyard. Mark them when you go in and mark how many men around you. Mark where Reese and the others are. Don't forget that you're stronger and faster. Aim for the soft parts, he added, folding her fingers around the hilt. And if someone gets you in a hold... My sister said nothing as Cassian showed her the sensitive areas on a man. Not just the groin, but the inside of the foot, pinching the thighs, using her elbow like a weapon. When he finished, he stepped back, his hazel eyes churning with some emotion I couldn't place. Nesta surveyed the fine dagger in her hand, then lifted her head to look at him. I told you to come to training, Cassian said with a cocky grin and strode off. I studied Nesta, her, the dagger, her quiet, still face. Don't even start, 
she warned me and headed for the stairs. <laughs> I'm literally just like living for everything, Cassian and Nesta. It is pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm just, oh, I love them. Anyways, we get to Snowflake, which feels unnecessary because then like five minutes passes, but I guess it's a scene change. <laughs> so, okay. Fair finds Amrit in her apartment cursing the book, you know, like you do. And yeah, Fair yeah, yeah. asks Amrit if she's got everything she needs, because remember, she's the one who stays behind. You know, when shit gets down, you know, Amrin has to be the one, you know, protecting Valars. Anyway, so she says, yeah, yeah, like I'm good. And Farrah isn't really here for that. <laughs> She's thinking about the whole King taunting Reese thing, how she knows Reese, how she knows this could end with him giving everything he has just to give the rest of them a fighting shot. And Farrah is clearly silent and staring into space because Amron's like, what? <laughs> and Farrah's like, okay, so the thing under the library. And Amor's like, yeah, yeah, Briaxis, like what? And Farrah's like, cool, cool. What is it? <laughs> and Amor's like, why? I want to ask it for another bargain. I need you to examine the words holding it down there and to explain things. I didn't bother to look pleasant or desperate or grateful. I didn't bother to wipe the cold, hard mask from my face as I added, you're coming with me right now. <laughs> and yes, yeah, that's the end of the chapter. <laughs> yeah good times things start going down like it's like buckle up we are flying down that hill now uh yeah we're definitely flying because now i'm on chapter 50 and it is so fast um so emory and farah are on a really quick adventure we've got like what 30 minutes of our hour left before we're all supposed to meet back you know at headquarters yep Maybe. And, Maybe 45 if you're really lucky. Yeah. Right. Right. But I feel like it has to be more like 30 because I feel like Cassie wasted 12 of them <laughs> trying to explain to Nesta how to take care of herself while everyone just awkwardly watched. Um, <laughs> anyway, they head to the library. Uh, there's, a, you know, no priestesses this time. No pomp and circumstance. We're just like going straight down. I want to talk to you. I said into the blackness beckoning beyond to the end of the lighting leaking down from high above. One does not summon me. I summon you. I'm here to offer you company as part of our bargain. Silence. Then I felt it, snaking and curling around us, gobbling up the light. Amran swore softly. You brought... What is it you brought? Someone like you. Or you could be like them. So she's talking to Braxis, basically. And... Feyre goes on to tell the monster under the stairs that war is coming and it's going to be ugly and she wants Braxis fighting on her side in exchange for his freedom. <laughs> but mm -hmm. she didn't account she didn't account for this thing being like, I don't want freedom. This is my home. And Feyre's like I like it here. Right. Feyre's like, uh what? <laughs> so she has to be kind of like, okay, like then what do you want? <laughs> and the answer, like, I, no matter what you thought the answer was going to be, you didn't think it was going to be this. No. Sunlight and moonlight, the stars. And Farrah's dumb and is like, well, that sounds hard. I don't 
really know how to like give you the sky. And Amarin's like, a window, you dolt. It wants a skylight. <laughs> and uh, I just, I okay, so I love this. This is how it goes down. That's it? <laughs> Amarin stomped on my foot this time. Bright axes whispered in my ear. Will I be able to hunt without restraint on the battlefields? Drink in their fear and dread until I'm sated? And it's like, wow, you're fucking wild. <laughs> I've read some, uh, you know, stories with magic in them, though, or like watched, you know, like the magicians where you got to be really careful um, because she's like, yes, but only Highburn. <laughs> and only bad guys. Right, only to bad guys and only until the war is over. And like, you work for me is basically <laughs> what she said. And um, she says, um, you know, she gestures to Amarin. She will explain. She will disable the wards when we need you. And Braxis agrees. Then I will wait. And so Favor says, then it's a bargain. You obey our orders in this fight. Fight for us until we no longer need you. And in exchange, we shall bring the sun and moon and stars to you in your home. And so, yep, deal is made. We're ready. It's a bargain. We get a snow flight. <laughs> And we return to the townhouse because it's time to assemble the Avengers. And <laughs> Aira meets everyone in the foyer and uh, she's in her fighting leathers. Everybody's in their fighting leathers. Everybody's ready. Uh, I guess Nessa was wearing pants. So I don't think that came up. But <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, upon winnowing in, Reese asks Feyre, you know, like, where's Amran? And she explains that Amran's still poring over the book, looking for a way that Feyre can wield uh, the book that's, like, a little less nosebleedy. Like, you know, remember how that went last time. And the part that goes unsaid is, like, yeah, yeah, Amran's uh, going over the book, looking for a way for me to, you know, not bleed out if I have to use it. And also, she's going to be working on breaking the wards to Braxis uh, under the library. <laughs> So that when I um, need him, she can bring him here. Yeah, exactly. My nose says, you know, for when we need him. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Reese and Feyre hold hands. And um, it's like kind of a sad moment. Behind me, Moore took Nesta and Cassian by the hand, readying to winnow them to the camp while shadows gathered around Asriel, Elaine at his side, wide-eyed at the spymaster's display. But we hesitated, all of us, and I allowed myself one last time to drink it in. The furniture, the wood, and the sunlight, to listen to the sounds of Laris, the laughing of children in the streets, the song of the gulls. In the silence, I knew my friends were, too. Yeah. And Reese signals for everyone to head out. So Moore takes Cassie and Nesta, and Asriel is taking Elaine. And in this brief moment before Reese and Feyre head out, she decides to tell him her plot with the Braxis. And to his credit, he doesn't freak out. Um, he's just like, all right, like, cool. <laughs> and he's kind of like brooding a little bit. Um, which is like fair given everything. Yeah. <laughs> and uh again, it's kind of sad. Reese glanced at my arm as if he could see the new second band beside the first one. He lifted our joined hands and pressed a kiss to the back of my palm. Again, we silently looked around the townhouse, taking in every last detail, the quiet that now lay a layer of dust upon it. Reese said softly, 
I wonder if we'll see it again. I knew he wasn't just talking about the house, but I rose up on my toes and kissed his cheek. We will, I promised as a dark wind gathered to sweep us up to the Illyrian war camp. I held tightly to him as I added, we'll see it all again. And when that night-kissed wind winnowed us away, away into war, away in untold danger, I prayed that my promise held true. End of part two. I know. I know. So, like, that part goes really fast. I mean, like, literally, the two chapters I just read take place within an hour. Yeah. So, like... Yeah. So I just think that's interesting because like we started this episode talking about like the timeline and it's just like in this section, we did four chapters that took place within literally like 90 minutes no, for the most took, part. No, we took, no, because you have that whole. Well, not the first chapter. The but, like, right, the so, yeah. So you're talking about adding in the first chapter here. So adding in chapter 47. Cool. Uh 36 hours max yeah yeah but i mean that last like the the second part like last, the second the last, half little bit, the last three chapters yeah, yeah is like minutes. Minutes. yeah two hours which is yeah which is super wild um yeah yeah so crazy. yeah i know crazy crazy yeah I feel like I have a lot of feelings uh, about them looking around, mostly because I sort of, I feel like I wish there had been a moment when they were all looking around that one of them like would have cracked a joke. And the only reason I want that is because I, I, I always think of that last episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where at the end, like they barely get away by like the skin of their teeth and like this is not a spoiler the show is like 20 years old and like spike didn't make it and they're just looking at sunnydale is in a pit and it's just like this awkward like silence for like five seconds where everyone looks really sad and then they're like so what are we gonna do tomorrow <laughs> like, <laughs> we have nothing else to do yeah they're like i don't know like i'm really thinking that like i could go for a pizza like they just like basically start talking like nothing ever happened because like what are you gonna do like what are you gonna do and so like part of me when they're like looking around the house being sad i kind of wish that like cassian or somebody had cracked a joke because in a way like i feel like this is how this group is it's like yeah like it's always kind of the end of the world for them yeah it is. So, so kind of like that was always the joke in Buffy. That's why they all just kind of like always reacted that way. It was because like, I mean, there's even a like line in the musical episode where she's like, I died twice. <laughs> and it's like, I feel like that about these characters. Like, damn, they really been through it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, they really have. It's, it's kind of crazy. And like, you yeah. know, as you just said, this is 36 hours max. I don't even think it's 36. I'll be real honest, yeah, but I'm I really give the benefit of the doubt and say 36 just to be safe but like these you know it's a day and a half a day and yeah. a half like these people have been really been through it and now part three is just going to be a fucking roller coaster wild ride um yes. yeah yeah it's, god there's yeah. so many things that are about to happen that i'm so excited to talk about. me and you both oh but to wrap up today Give us our songs. Can do. I'm kind of excited. I had fun with these songs. No, these are good. You know, it's a fun little section. For 36 hours, there's a lot of fun songs coming in. Because remember, this is still the High Lords meeting. We're following up from last week. Yep, yep, yep. 
So the first song is Shout by Tears for Fears when they're trying to have this alliance that, as Favor says, did not start well. Um, <laughs> for all the obvious reasons. Right. Uh, the, the second song is I'm Too Sexy by Right Said Fred. And it's when Helene shows up at their at the Inner Circle suite um, after the High, Lord, High Lord's meeting has ended for the day. And he's basically making come-ons to anyone and everybody. And, you know, he's just... Right? He acknowledges how hot he is. Right? And it's just... I don't know why, but there's something about it. The song, I'm just like, I'm too sexy for my shirt. Too sexy for my shirt. Like, I can't help myself. You know, I, I, I think of that and I just... I hear that and I think of... I think of Helian. Heaven help me. Right? Right? The next song is uh, Baby One More Time by Britney Spears when um, (laughs) Morgan are hmm, having their nighttime fun. Right? I love it. Because, well, I don't know. It it seems appropriate. But concurrently, while that's happening, because remember, uh, Morgan and Helian are banging in Moore's bedroom and um, Feyre and and Reese are in their room and Reese has to put a barrier up but he wraps them both in his wings to kind of protect them as well and they're having their little heart to heart about everything I I went with Shadows of the Night by Pat Benatar love it it's Reese and you know he, he does have his own darkness and shadows um, song five is for when the wall comes down the next day, literally, and it is it's the end of the world as we know it. Yes, um, yes. By by REM. For every obvious reason there is out there, and concurrently with that is Skyfall by Adele for the same reason. Because yes. you remember the building shakes and everybody and. God, I love that song. The sky is falling, literally. Um, <laughs> number seven is as they're all leaving the um, High Lords meeting and um, getting back to the townhouse and and preparing for their next steps. And it's a song called Cadence to Arms. It's by the Dropkick Murphys. And the last song is literally at the very end when they're getting ready to winnow out of the townhouse and they're looking around, especially with Reese and Feyre uh, after he has sent everyone else on, but they've all, you know, they've all taken their moment to sober up and look around and check things out. And it's health to the company. I'm going with the Brad Benaghi and Bards version, but you can Brad Benaghi and Bards, Pirates Royale. Goodness gracious. Go look so many, so many, it's, it's a big song in the Ren Fair circles in particular. So pick your favorite Ren Fair band. Chances are they probably have a version of it. If not, let me know. And I can find you a couple of really good ones. That's yes. what I love it. I love today's songs. Me too. Health to the Company was so perfect. It, it was one of those songs I was like, I need to find somewhere to use it. And then I went back and I reread the end of this and I was like, oh, oh, because it's, it's kind of a sad song. I mean, they're talking about, you know, fallen people and missing people. Sure. And... So, yeah, it seemed appropriate. I get that. I get that. Because they're going and, off to work. Uh, yeah, they are. It's going to be a lot. Guys, seriously, buckle up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, get your, like, you know, therapy dogs, your <laughs> yeah. 
your gamut dolls, your 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 loveys, whatever you need. Yeah, yeah, because it's gonna be rough. Um, but in the meantime, keep tagging us in your hilarious memes because it's just so much fun. <laughs> Yay. Yay. And uh, yeah, send us all the things. Uh, you can find us in all the places on the interwebs with two A's, like Sarah J. Mass's name. Uh, so that would be the website is massivefansbookclub.com. Also, we have, uh, we're, we're uploading some blogs there sh- slowly but surely. So go check those out. Uh, Facebook at Massive Fans Book Club and Podcast. Twitter at Massive Podcast. Instagram at Massive Fans Podcast. Pinterest at Massive Fans. And TikTok at Massive Fan Pod. And by the time most of you all will hear this, if you are a big Sarah J. Mass fan and you have read her other books, then you know we have a huge, huge, huge event happening next week. Crescent City 2, The House of Sky and Breath, will be released. Yes, I will be reading it. So if you all read it and you want to message me and, you know, reach out to us, message me through any of our sites, feel free. We can talk about it. Kelsey hasn't read any of them, so I need someone to talk to about it. Yes. uh, Yes, I am in the Facebook groups for it. But, you know, it's still good to have somebody else who really gets it and, you know, I can talk to. So if you've read them and you want to read it and you want to talk, I'm your girl. Feel free. And uh, if if you're like me and you're just trying to read other things, uh, I'm going to do a, a plug for Kara. She doesn't even know we're doing this. Uh, go check out Baroness Book Club and uh, please, yes. for the love of God, read uh, Promises and Pomegranates because I'm like a third of the way through and I have a lot of feelings. <laughs> I want to talk about it. So <laughs> join it's the Baroness Book Club. read list. Yes. I also want to read the goddess book that's on the list for the girls, yes. too. So, uh, shameless plug for uh, Kara. Yes. <laughs> go uh, and go see, go see what Michaela is posting on her, her TikToks, because I, I know. know oh, my she's God. I know. Oh, my God. She and I did a duet, and it was so cute. <laughs> it was awesome. I loved it. You guys are great. And we discovered that we have, like, the same glasses, and we sort of look related. Um... <laughs> One of these days I need to sit there with you guys and we should do like a trio. I know. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. Okay. Well, um, I guess that's enough for today. So yeah, I guess so. 